When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, cheeseheads, and welcome to another episode of the Cheese Room Podcast. This week, it feels like ages, we get to celebrate a decent win for once. Joining me as always from Vienna is the Harlow Globetrotter. How are you doing, HG? A decent win. That was our fifth home win in the last six home games. Come on now, it's not that bad. Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. We won, we played well, and uh, yeah, like Mourinho is in the distance. We can look forward. I'm not saying it's all about that, but it just felt like a you know a better game today. I know like Sheffield are pretty useless, but we shall get into that. Also joining all the way from Boston, it's Aviva Summers. How are you doing, Aviva? Jolly good show, wasn't that today? As my father would say, yes. No, it's good to be back on. It's been a while. Good, good. And also, I mean, we're recording really late today because it was a late game, but then we got delayed by about another 45 minutes um, because of Seb. How are you doing, Seb? No, I'm terrible. <laughs> you made us wait all this time so you could watch your bloody stupid line of duty and now you're disappointed by it aren't you seven years i've invested in that program seven years what a waste of fucking time that was it made you feel like being a spurs fan <laughs> exactly that i'm not sure what i'm more disappointed about the, the last season of line of duty or the last season of tottenham hotspur Fuck yeah. Tough one. oh how to take the shine off a 4-0 win <laughs> Right, as always, we talk about the lineup. HG, uh, the media blackout this weekend, so we didn't post anything on our social media, so you didn't get to do your lineup. So I don't even know, but um, I'm assuming there were some selections today that you weren't too sure about. Um, actually, I mean, I've said before that I, I want to see, let's say, the younger Spurs players, the people who I think we're going to be here next season play. So that probably would have meant that I wouldn't have picked Bale. I may have gone with Bergwijn down the right, and obviously Bale got a hat trick, but. Like I was just happy to see an attacking lineup. You know, we're at home against the worst team in the league. It's nice to play with four attackers. I, I don't know how often we've done that this season, but not often enough. So I was pretty happy. I, I wasn't upset that Don Belle didn't start. I thought Lo Celso 
Um, I said before, he's probably a better all-rounder um, than, than Dombele is. So, yeah, I thought it was a pretty good first eleven. Yeah, I don't think there was too much to complain about. And it was, I think we talked about it on the previous show. We, you know, could Deddy play? And he came in instead of Ndombele. And um, it kind of made sense. There wasn't anything I was too shocked about. And it was probably a bit of a more positive team that we put out there. The interesting thing for me was there was absolutely none of the youth involved today. Not even like Roden was on the bench. Um, so it was a very sort of senior squad um, and, and bench that Mason's put together. Um, Aviva, how do you think about we we started? I mean, I think a few minutes in, there was a moment where we were kind of we, we pushed up in the attack, lost the ball, but stayed up there, and then Reggie intercepted the ball, and, and we nearly created a chance for Kane. I just felt like we, we started on the front foot, and it was sort of a bit more of a positive outlook from Spurs today. No, it was a great start. I mean, we're so used to as Spurs fans just starting off so slow and then working ourselves into the game. So it was a nice change to see us, you know, go to eleven, uh, you know, turn ourselves up to eleven for the beginning. And uh, no, once as soon as I saw the lineup and I saw that Basque as everyone's been calling it, was starting. Um, I yeah. got hopeful. Um, but no, it was a great start. Really lively and really, um, really they went for it. So what did you think about the first half in the end? Because I think Sheffield settled into it and they didn't really threaten us at all, but they frustrated us a bit and, and we didn't create too many quality chances, did we? No, I felt that when we went forward, when we tried to go forward, it, it looked good, but there's still that kind of negativity in the play that runs through the team, particularly I felt um, from the fullback positions um, and that they, they, they look for Hoybier and Hoybier passes it back. I felt like it broke down um, quite often, but actually when there was forward play, it, it looked quite promising. HG, what do you think about the, the first half? Um, I thought we had better chances um, because we, there's certainly a couple of chances we made. The one that Kane skied over, um, yeah. about 18 yards out we, we 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 had a few moments of is it going to happen we, we we were close like the the ball over the top for Sun that he couldn't get onto it that was from Hoybjerg um I thought I thought the first half we were it was almost like we hadn't done this in a while so we, we weren't too sure what we were going to do um but uh, I think we played all right I mean the goal came from pretty much nothing and I, I didn't think it was going to come if I'm honest I had a feeling we were going to play quite well for 45 minutes and not score but um obviously the goal settled us down and I think that really helped us in the second half. But the first 45 was was a good, progressive 45 minutes from Spurs. I, I, there, there was very little wrong with it. I thought that we were maybe a bit too narrow. Mm. I thought that um, Sun, especially Sun, but Sun and Bale were, were coming inside a bit too much and kind of cramping Delhi's space a little bit. Um, but yeah, there, there were moments in that first half where you could see the, the band is getting back together. They were they were just still in the rehearsal stage. They, they weren't ready to play a gig yet. Yeah, I think Delhi being in that position, he was he was kind of moving around the pitch a lot more, wasn't he? Sometimes he was right wide left, sort of next to Sonny, and then sort of moving all across and then getting back as well. Was, you could see the difference between him and, and Don Bell anyway. Um, Aviva, what did you think as well? Because Sheffield United, obviously, they've really struggled this season, uh, but they were making it hard for us today, weren't they? They, they sort of defended quite deeply and then trying to uh, catch us on the counter-attack. But I thought we dealt really well with their counter-threat. Well, yeah, I mean, they've always been a team that plays like five at the back and they've always kind of built up from there. But in my opinion, when teams get relegated, there's two different kinds of teams they play in their remaining games. Either they play their usual 11, slightly rotated because they have nothing to lose, or they play the youngsters because they have nothing to lose. So I think mm. we saw we saw the, the former today. Um, and, you know, we'll talk about this later with that, what should have been a red card. They have nothing to lose. So of course, they're just going to, you know, be thugs a little bit. So I, when I saw the lineup and I saw that it was just their regular, like normal 11 they've been playing throughout the season, I figured that's what they were going to go for. They were just going to play, be dirty, because again, they have nothing to lose. 
And so what about the goal? Were you surprised that um, Serge had such a deft touch on him to, to put that ball into Bale? And then Bale had you know, an, an equally deft touch to finish it, didn't he? Well, it was a lovely goal. I, um, I looked at it back on the replay. I'm not 100% Serge, <laughs> I'm really not. <laughs> because it was kind of a no-look pass and he was looking at Kane. So, I don't know. Look, it, Serge had a great game today. He was, he was very impressive. So let's not take it away from him. But I'm not. Yeah. I'm not 100 sold. <laughs> what about the finish though? The, the finish from Bale was was pretty decent, wasn't it? The finish, the finish was was fantastic. It actually, reminded me a little bit of the um, Endembele goal against Sheffield United earlier in the season, uh, yeah. where he just kind of bent his foot round at almost an impossible angle to to to, to prod it into the net. It was uh, it was a very good goal. Yeah, it was very nice. And interestingly, that sort of move. Well, it, it started off because the Celso made a run forward and it got played inside to him. He then played that ball forward to Kane. Obviously, Kane tried to put it across and it came back out. But we all shifted up. And I feel like that's a slight difference between what we were like under Jose. We just didn't seem to all get into the, you know, move forward as a unit. But as soon as Kane was there, we had people filling in the box behind him, um, which was positive to see. And so in the first half, if um, Sheffield United were quite defensive, I think um, Basham said that he got they got told at half-time that he wanted to see more from them. And they certainly pushed forward a bit more in the second half. And I felt like we exploited it, didn't we, actually? And the, the first one was Sun's goal that was an armpit offside. Yes, the, the famous VAR lines that only ever really seem to come out to deny us. I mean, I know that's not true, but it does feel that way. We, we don't need the lines. If you need the lines, it's not offside. It really isn't difficult to implement that. I don't know why they even bother with it. Um, mm. It was a lovely finish. Uh, Sun took his time, but it was unerring from, from him. And yeah, I think when, when the second went in, I was like, okay, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be an easy game. It gets this allowed. You're a Spurs fan, you start to get a little bit nervous again. Maybe Sheffield United will get one free kick or one set piece and and, and punish us. But uh, yeah, the second half, we were much better than the first half. Um, maybe it was because Sheffield United pushed forward and left a few more gaps. But I think that, actually, I think that really Delhi dropped back a bit further this time. I think in that first half, he was trying to be too close to Kane. In the second half, he was um, he was quite happy to, to take the ball off the Celso and, and and look for passes to the runners, whether it was from the fullback or from from Bale and Son ahead of him. So mm. the, the the second half, um, yeah, we, we were just a bit. Maybe the structure was better because I mean, you said the first half you didn't know where Delhi was playing; he was all over the shop. And I think in the second, when I mean that, I mean it in a good way, like he was just playing everywhere. Yeah. Um, and I think that in the second half he was a bit more central and allowed the the wide players and the fullbacks to to really provide that width. He he stayed. He, he was just in a better position to really help the team. And I've got to talk about the uh, stamping incident. Aviva, what did you think? Did you think Fleck meant it? Do you think there was intent there? A hundred percent. You watch the replay. After he tri- the initial first trip, where after Lacelso goes down, there's plenty of room next to Lacelso for him to just keep walking away or just for him to fall on the ground or away from Lacelso. But he takes an extra step that takes him over Lacelso's head. Um, and then, ironic, and, you know, ironically just stepping on his on his face it was totally intentional like i said mm. they have nothing to lose so straight red for them <laughs> means nothing because they're going down anyway so no, no doubt in my mind i've had the last few games of the season off <laughs> uh what did you think seb because for me he, he, like the viva says he, he looks down where he's going to step and he makes no intention to move his foot away at all and then pushes down so it kind of like catches off his arm onto his head doesn't it yeah, it was it was intentional. You saw him look. Um, I have to I have to say at this point the 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 commentary at 
with Sky. I know you know we we're all from various parts of the world. Unfortunately, in in the UK, we get lumbered with the with the Sky commentary, unless we're you, Franco, with our dodgy scream, dodgy oh. scream. <laughs> but uh, the the commentary from Sky was absolutely appalling today. Uh, it was it was you, you, I, I I didn't turn it off, but I should have done because firstly they completely ignored that and said, oh, VAR have looked at it um, and there's no problem. They didn't analyse it themselves. Um, secondly, going on to HG's point about Deli Alley, um, which I completely agree with, um, but Sky didn't. They thought he had a, had a barnstorming first half and a terrible second half, and that's why he was pulled, which I, I just found unbelievable. And then if you listen to, to Sky further, they would tell you that for 20 minutes of the second half, Sheffield United were all over Spurs uh, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, really up their game. Um, I, I just find it appalling that these, these people are paid so much money. And that's after having an hour to two hours of them talking about the inequalities in the game with the Manchester United Liverpool incident and how, you know, basically they are the white knights of, of football um, and want to, you know, want to save us from the European Super League. I, I, I just found it disgraceful today. Um, and the, the, the Celso incident was just the, the cherry on the cake, really. You should probably stop watching Sky and... Um... You know, find another source. <laughs> Take a moral stand, mate. Well, to America. Well, they, they they really did. They really did make it seem, if you if you're watching it blind, that that Sheffield United bossed the first twenty minutes of the of the second half of the second half. Yeah, which is interesting because they had one shot on target the entire game, didn't they? Yeah, I mean, Eric Dyer literally had nothing to do that entire game. He, yeah. he had nothing to do. So. Yeah, I think all it was was they they played a bit more a f- bit further up the pitch. But as I just said, they paid the price. I mean, look at the rest of the goals. Bale's second goal was just vintage when he l- ran what two thirds of the pitch, and then when it came to the end of it, and just the most confident finish you can imagine. Um, I was really impressed with that. Yeah, I mean that's just it. Like it's finishes like that that make you think he's coming back next season. You want something <laughs> like that in the squad? Like, he, he, like don't get me wrong, two hundred forty grand a week or whatever we're paying is a lot of money. But there are other there are other players that will leave, and those wages will disappear. You, you want someone like that, even if it is to play against the home games against the weaker teams in the league. You want someone to come in who can do that. Absolutely, there aren't many players who can score the type of hat trick that Bale did today. There really aren't. And yet that that finish, as you said, it was it was precision. Like he, there was no doubt in his mind that he was going to put it high into the corner. Yeah. No one. I mean, from the penalty spot, no one's saving that. And he's running at full speed before stroke. I mean, it was, yeah. That that is a quality footballer, and yeah, he will be at Spurs next season if Levy has his way. Mm, interesting. I mean, I, I fully agree. I think there's a good good excuse for it now. I mean, when you look at his stats, that the third goal that he scored today, what's that? Nine in eight starts in something like seven hundred and something minutes, which yeah. is amazing. It's probably one of the best goals per minute ratio in the league. I'd imagine it has to be. I'm looking at it now. It's nine goals and two assists in seven hundred and twenty-seven minutes, eight yeah. starts and eight sub appearances. I mean, he's the third top scorer for Spurs, clearly. Um, the next best is Lucas and Tongi on three. So <laughs> for, for Bale to have played the minutes that he has, I mean, it's he's got over half of the goals that Sun's got and he's mm. played a quarter of the minutes, basically, that Sun has. And that's the same amount of goals that Lamella had in the last three seasons, nine goals. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Aviva. We haven't got you back on the show just to make HG smile, all right? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, can, can, we, can we get out there? HG was right. 
<laughs> want an attacking midfielder that can score, not one that runs around a lot. Oh, come, come on. A Rabona against Arsenal is fun. Yeah, that's true. I, I can still see to a certain extent why Jose didn't play him earlier on because he, he looks much fitter now. You know, I don't think he would have been making those runs. Like Even the run he made in the first half down the wing, trying to take on his defender and then he skied that shot. I just don't feel like he was anywhere near that at the start of the season. And in fairness, he did say he wants to get himself fit for the Euros, which he does seem to have done. So I think if we can squeeze enough out of him these last few games, then it's um it's going to have been a good you know good signing in the end. Franco, there's a massive difference between playing defensive counter-attacking football and asking mm. Bale to run 70 yards every time he gets the ball <laughs> than what we saw today, which is, OK, you, you ran a long way without the ball and the ball found you. Um, yeah. the, the, the way we play today makes Bale look better because that's the way that, that's what we want to be doing. For our attacking players to look good, we need to be attacking. It, it's not brain surgery. It really isn't. And I mean, not, be, not being unfair to Jose a little bit, but if Ryan Mason can show it in what? I mean, two games, he's won both league games by, by trying to be attacking, by trying to push forward. Today, there was only ever going to be one winner. And, and, and Gareth Bale has been a massive part of both of those wins. What you also find with Bale, just quickly, is that um, I, with the tracking back thing that we, we always talk about, is what I found today is when he scored a couple, he was so up for it that he had mm. to track back. Um, yeah. there was there was two or three occasions where you, he was he was on that kind of you know uh, further back than Aurier um, after he'd scored a couple of goals. So you kind of go with it that if you can feed his ego almost, that actually you get the reward back from him with the defensive play. It just feels too soon to kind of be saying, yeah, Jose's gone, everything's going to be much better now. But it does seem to feel like a few of these players look a bit happier and et cetera, et cetera. And also Sonny as well, Aviva, it's just vintage, wasn't it? Um, right off the inside of the post. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I mean, it reminded me very much of, what was it, the goal he scored against Arsenal? Just like mm. the same the same placement, the same, almost the same angle. Um, and it's those kinds of goals, that kind of goal and also crossing in from the left right near the the goal line or those those are my two favorite goals he scores and he always will um it's a shame that he didn't get his, his second you know i'm glad to see that he uh he got one today it's, it's just good to see that we're getting goals from other people yeah um where does this leave us seb because i don't think you've talked too much about this hd and caller and myself have discussed the, the race for top four but with chelsea winning yesterday Five points ahead with only what twelve to play for now. It's going to be a tough ask, even if Chelsea do have tough games, isn't it? I will tell you what, I think is going to happen. Uh, it, the worst thing possible is going to happen. <laughs> is that uh, Ryan Mason is going to win every single one of his league games, and we're going to finish fifth. <laughs> <laughs> that that's what I think could could Why happen. And then if Ryan Mason wins every single one of his league games, where, do, where does that leave him? I, I, it, there's, there's so many questions to be answered at the moment. You know, the, the biggest question for me that has to be answered, actually, is how um, he's sorted. For me today, that midfield looked the most competent midfield that we've had for months mm. in terms mm. of all knowing what to do. You know, uh, uh, Ali and the Celso swapped positions and covered for each other. Ali and Harry Kane did the same thing. Um, I, I've gone off Hoybier a little bit. I've got to. I've got to be honest because I think he's, <laughs> he's good off the ball, but on the ball, I think he's shocking. Um, so, uh, but at least there was some semblance of a plan that Mason has forged together in two weeks. So, 
I don't know. In terms of fourth, I, I, I think it's it's too far. Although I did think, am I right in saying we're seven points behind Leicester and they've still got Chelsea and someone else difficult? Man United. Man United. Man United, Man United play and then us the last game of the season. So it's not, it's kind of there, but it, I think it's, I think it's too far. I think the West Ham game is going to kick us in the nuts come the end of the season. Yeah, well, there's several games. But to be Seb, you talked about the worst possible thing being us finishing fifth. Uh-uh. The worst possible thing is that we sneak fourth, but Chelsea finish outside the top four and Arsenal finish outside the top four and they both win European the European trophies and then fourth would mean nothing. It would mean Europa League. We wouldn't even be in the Champions League for getting fourth. That should be where all of our life savings is going right now. <laughs> that's, right. That's, that's the spursiest thing that's ever existed, that particular scenario. So yeah. if it happens, are we really that surprised? No, I think HD is right. That's where the smart money should be on, definitely. <laughs> but I've got to say, if we do go and win the rest of these games, then at least Tim Sherwood will no longer have the best win record at Spurs. <laughs> <laughs> So there's a definite incentive to, to get these games out of the way. Well, we, we, we should have racked, we should have sacked Ryan Mason after one game then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's very true. It is a possibility. They're, you know, they're, they're not they're not hard games on paper that, that we've got left this season. Um, who who knows? You know, it, I, I I don't. I think fourth is too far gone. But I could see us winning every game. Genuinely, I mean, we, we've got to play the teams that are eleventh, twelfth, tenth. And then third, right? I mean, it's the, the, the mid-table teams have nothing to play for, right? I mean, Villa and Leeds and Wolves, they can't get relegated. They can't go anywhere. They're, they're playing for a bit of prize money, but that's about it. Um, if we can get, like, if, if we do have something to really play for on that final day against Leicester, that will be a game. That will be like the, f- the first real nail-biting game we've had since, what, when we played Arsenal, when we went top, Um that that would be something. So I guess we can just hope that we get that far because I think Aviva said in, in our Patreon chat, like we've scored 60 goals this season. That's the fourth highest in the league. We've got the third best home record in the league. It's it, it's there for us. We just need to you know, get our firepower going. To me, it all depends on the game against Leeds because Leeds, we all know what they can do. Um, they can beat anyone and they can lose to anyone. They've lost more games this season in the league than they've won. Um, but... Yeah, if we go there and win, we've got two very winnable home games left. And that, that, then we are thinking, OK, it's in our hands a bit, but we have to go to Leeds and win. That That is the key thing, really. So, Aviva, looking at Leeds next week, what do you think? They lost this weekend, didn't they, to Brighton. Um, do you think we can get a result? I think we can, but I think they're a tricky team because they do have quality, you know, all, uh, all parts of the pitch. You know, I think Dallas, for them, who's playing out of position, has been like like a godsend for them this season. Um, team-wise and also fantasy team-wise. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, Aviva, we'll just break, break here to give you plaudits for doing quite well in the fantasy this year. Well done. You did say you were going to outscore all of the cheeseheads, and I think you have. I started, I was like below everyone in like 50 or something place, and now I'm the highest uh, potter on the table. I think the next next one is Seb, who's like way behind me, but not not to talk about that. <laughs> not, um, no, way behind, not way behind you. You're A like in fortieth, and I'm in ninth. I'm the Tottenham anyway. Hotspur of the fantasy league. I'm coming up. You you just watch me. Oh, uh, we'll watch. We'll watch. Um, yeah. So Dallas, um, Bamford, Bamford can definitely score. We know that Rafina, I think, was injured. I don't know if he's back yet. But they definitely have quality, and um, we, have to be, we have to be careful. But we can definitely get a result if we're if we're playing like we did today. 
Yeah, and obviously we've got the result earlier in the season, which gives us some confidence, doesn't it, Seb? Yeah, it was actually probably one of Jose's most competent performances, uh, I, I think. Um, little threat offered by Leeds and, and we look good going forward. So you'd hope we could kind of carry some of that through. But um, no reason to be to be afraid at all on Saturday. And as HG says, if we get the result, then things really do start to, to look positive. Do you think we'll play a similar size HG next weekend? I don't see much reason to change it. I mean, we, we might want to be a bit more solid in midfield, whatever that means. And maybe it won't be Delhi that plays, maybe it'll be someone else. Um, I think given how mobile leads are, you'd want someone with maybe with a bit more energy. Like it's weird because Delhi, the stat was on, on German TV that in the first half, nobody ran more than Delhi. Really? Uh, yeah, really, really, I was surprised too. But I think with Delhi, it's a case of like with Ericsson, they don't stop running. You, you don't yeah, see them yeah. sprint, but they are always moving, always looking for the space, um, which obviously you know would help that stat. But yeah, like may, maybe a chance for Bergvine to come in, maybe Lucas because of the energy they have. We know that Leeds like to run, and so that the, there might be a couple of changes. But I think the back four staying the same. I, I don't see much real. I don't see much change. Like Leeds don't have a left back, so you want Bale playing. So I, I'd be surprised if we make too many changes. Yeah, I think you're probably right. And it's in, like I said earlier, it's interesting that he didn't really have any youngsters at all in, in the fold today, whilst Jose, you know, at least put them on the bench. But, then, but I guess that's everyone fit now. Like Bergvine obviously got uh, game time today. and Plus, Mason hasn't fallen out with everyone, whereas Jose did. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. So, you know, I guess if we've, everyone's fit and everyone's ready to play, then um, we could have a strong end to the season. But I'm just, I can't get my hopes up about it. I really can't. I think it's take every game as it comes and see where we are. It's going to be exciting. At least there is something to play for, I suppose, um, in this very weird season where it feels like we shouldn't be anywhere near it. Um, Aviva, let's, let's just quickly talk about managers. Um, we did a pod about in midweek where HG Caller went through literally every single one that's been linked to us. And at the end of it, HG still had no idea who he thinks it's going to be. What do you think and, and how soon do you think we're going to see it? Do you think it's going to be right at the start of the summer? Because whoever comes in has got some decisions to make about this squad, haven't they? They definitely do. Um, but also, whoever's going to come in is not going to get money out of Levy. I mean, I think we know that. I think uh, at least not going to get the money that we need to start spending on players. So No, I think it's, it's I, fairly uniform across the leagues that yeah. there's not very much money to spend, isn't it? Yeah, so I think we need to get someone in sooner rather than later simply because you want them to have time to get to know the players and for them to acclimate to whoever you know gets hired, their playing style. Um, but that being said, I just don't see most of the people on, on, like, on the pundits lists as like being a good fit. I mean, we'll see how far Ryan Mason goes, but honestly, like the names I've been hearing are just not really, are not really exciting me. <laughs> no, I think that's the problem is that I mean, we've said on the on previous pods as well, there's just no really sort of world-class managers that have won everything that are available at the moment. And we just got rid of one of the biggest ones. So Seb, how do you think Tottenham fans are going to react if we get sort of someone that they don't consider to be good enough? <laughs> I do worry. I do worry how they'll react with, if they're back in the stadium. Um, whoever whoever it is, is going to need the, the fans backing. And Levy's ego kind of dictates that he, he signs potential big names, I think. I don't know who it's going to be. Um, you know, and I kind of veer between looking at various managers. Ten Hag seemed like a decent fit before he signed this. And then there's rumours about Flick. And um, then I kind of veer to, do you give it to a project manager? Do you, do you give it to a, a, a Scott Parker or, or a Potter or something like that? 
I really don't have a clue. My worry, as Aviva kind of alluded to, is that Levy waits for the end of the Euros, which takes us into mid-July, for a mm. Gate or a Martinez, neither of whom I particularly fancy, but just just they're, they're the ones that have been linked. Um, and you know, and that manager turns up. He has a week's holiday after the Euros, and he turns up on the seventeenth of July. And there's three weeks left to the start of the season, and everyone's just like, like what, "What do we do now?" And I, I can see Levy is the master of leaving it late. So <laughs> I, I, that that is a distinct possibility. Where are you now, HG? It's been two days since you talked about it last. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, uh, I'm not sure if Levy really knows what he wants to do. What, what I will say is that everything we read in the newspaper, I don't think any of it is true. I think a lot of it mm. is newspapers needing to talk about something and Spurs having no manager is something they can just keep running and keep the story going. I do think that Levy wants to talk to people. I think he wants to talk to Brendan Rodgers a bit more. I think he, he was happy to talk to Ten Hag. Um, I think he's doing some research. I don't think there's any rush on Levy's part to, to make this appointment. I do think, as, as Aviva said, that it needs to happen sooner rather than later. But to me, that means, let's say, before the end of May. Um, I don't think he's going to really... I don't think he's going to entertain the idea of having a national team manager. I think, he, I think he's aware that it needs to be a club manager first. But it, it needs to happen soon. I mean, I, there was a report I read that I think it was uh, Alistair Gold said that Spurs were looking to make the appointment by the end of the season. And to me, that kind of strikes me as I want to see w- what managers have finished where. And if mm. they're not in the Champions League, then maybe we've got more chance of getting them, whether it's B- B- Rogers or Oliver Glasner uh, in the Bundesliga or someone like that. I think he's quite happy to to take his time and see, you know, where where the where, where the the rocks fall, I don't know what the phrase is, but to see where things go and uh, and then make a choice in that in that last week of May because that was the time of the year when Pochettino was appointed, and I, I have a feeling we're going to wait a few more weeks until we know. But I'm I'm, I'm okay with that if I'm honest. I, I, I like the idea that Levy's taking his time. He, he may not make the right choice, but he's he's getting as much information as he can before making that choice, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. What about this scenario, Franco? What about this scenario? Last game of the season, Brian Mason goes to the King Power, beats Brendan Rodgers, puts Leicester out of the Champions League qualification so we can hire Brendan Rodgers as our next manager. <laughs> that could well happen. And then he keeps Lamella, signs Lamella to a new three-year contract. HG would not enjoy that at all. <laughs> yeah, it's. I just... I don't know. It's interesting the point you make about the Euros because I'm trying to think what other managers there are. Like, who's the Italy manager? Man- Mancini, isn't it? Like, look, to me, the, the difference this time is that the World Cup is only 18 months away. So a manager like Southgate who's managed a team at the World Cup may not be bothered about going to another one. Same with Martinez, who's done it for Belgium. But there mm. are managers that haven't managed at a World Cup that probably won't want to give it up. They won't want to give up that opportunity. And so I think that... Yeah, to me, if you're a manager of a, of a big national side that's probably going to be at the Euros and the World Cup, you don't give it up to go and manage at Spurs. I'm sorry, mm. like even if you might get a nice payoff after 18 months, it it doesn't strike me as being a job that would really be worth giving up that opportunity to manage at a World Cup for. So, I do think he's going to look to see what managers have finished where around Europe. And, and try to make based on that. And if it's, I mean, like we all know that someone like Rangnick is is available now, but I think that Levy is just going to wait and see and hope that it's not as if there are other teams that are desperate for managers. All, all the big German teams seem to have been sorted now for next season. There aren't going to be many 
many jobs in the Premier League coming up. So as far as Spurs are concerned, it's kind of hopefully we can get the one that we want, the one that we've decided on, as long as they're interested. Yeah. But uh, it, it's weird. People talk about Graham Potter. I wouldn't be surprised if Potter turned around and said, no, thanks. <laughs> so uh, um, lots of Spurs fans will be happy if he says no, even if they think it was embarrassing. But um, yeah, I, I do think that we've got another couple of weeks of, of the media stirring things up, trying to make it look like that we don't really know what we're doing. And I think that the club uh, came out and said, Ryan Mason's going to be manager for the rest of the season. So yeah. as far like there is no hurry as far as the club is concerned. And as fans, we need to remember that and just be like, okay, let's get behind the team. Let's get behind Ryan Mason. And, and whatever happens um, in the summer or hopefully early summer will, will, will be decided then. Yeah. I think my concern is that the, the, the people that are left, I think, you know, some people would have said that um, Ten Hag was, would have been fine. Most people didn't know too much about him, but he seemed like the right type of manager. Quite a few people were behind Nugglesman. They probably would have both been acceptable ones, but I get the feeling that everyone else that seems to be getting mentioned now, at least 50% of the fan base don't want him. <laughs> so it's like nobody's going to be happy, it feels like. We've, well, there's always going to be a, a group of people within the fan base that aren't happy with the decision. and It's going to be tough. I think you have to win some people over. It's going to feel like AVB all over again. Let me just mention this week's footballprizes.co.uk, which is a signed Huenming Sun shirt. Uh, tickets are 5.95, but with the discount code 10Gs, you get a 10% discount as always. And that closes on Monday, the 3rd of May at 7.30pm. So get involved at footballprizes.co.uk. Right, anyway, draw this one to a close. Um, HG, thanks for joining as always. You're welcome. It was fun to talk about Spurs um, on the pod as opposed to a video pod, but uh, yeah, it was good fun. Aviva, thanks for joining. Nice to speak to you after a long time out. Absolutely. Always nice to talk about Spurs winning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a good one to come back to. And um, Seb, sorry about um, line of duty, mate. <laughs> but, you know, just think about the 4-0 victory. It's going to take me going to take me a long time to go over it, mate. I invested a, I've invested as much time in line of duty as I've had Spurs over the, over the years and uh, let me down. There you go. Some things never change. <laughs> today, was, today was your line of duty Champions League final when Sissoko came and ruined it again. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Right. Um, don't forget, listeners, please subscribe to um, all of our social media channels and subscribe to your podcast provider. Until next time, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.